welcome to the His Harline podcast, where we ignite independent and accurate thought, break the chains and shackles of mental bondage, challenge societal norms, and traverse through the timeless teachings of our Heavenly Father. Join us as we liberate minds and embrace the power of the Great Awakening while embracing true sovereignty. Welcome to the show. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Thank you for tuning in to His Heart Line. I am Jason, your co-host. And if you want to find us on social media and find more shows like this, you can go find all that at hisheartline.com. I am Jason, again, your co-host with our sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at my side because he is the host with the most and the most high. He's at the helm, behind the wheel, in that captain's chair, steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to His Heart Line. Today's show is titled Initiate the Orders of We the People, and today's reading will be out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verses 8 through 11. Please be advised that I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer. And while I am a member of the Michigan General Jural Assembly in good lawful standing, I am not the official face or voice of the National State or County Assembly. And I do not endorse or advocate for violence unless it's in self-defense of me and my family. And please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own and for educational and entertainment purposes only. All right. So welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show. Again, that website is www.hisheartline.com. If you want to know more about the National Assembly, you can find that at national-assembly.net. That's national-assembly.net. All right. So, last week, got a little story to tell you. Last week, <clears throat> my boss informed us that due to lower, you know, driver count and a slow market, extra days, if we uh, wanted to work, then would be limited to just only weekends. And so, despite the challenges posed by a slow market, you know, I'm one of those kind of guys that I firmly believe that, look, challenges often present hidden opportunities. And yes, while it's a slow market and extra days are limited to just weekends due to, again, low driver count because most guys are off on the weekends. So we kind of have a bit of a, what do you call a skeleton crew on weekends, right? So, um, but, you know, I look at these challenges as opportunities and we we hear this from authors like John Maxwell and Les Parrott, right? And so when I found myself uh, being called off on my extra days, um, you know, I just kind of had to switch it up. I'm like, all right, well, I'll just work Saturdays. Well, I can't work this Saturday because my wife and I have something that we are doing. My wife and daughter and I are got something going on on Friday, which would cause me not to be able to work on Saturday. And so um, so last week I kind of just saw the opportunity and, um, you know, I asked my boss, I'm like, Hey, I'm like, uh, can I do 
office stuff and, you know, work on some special projects and fill out my day. Cause there's quite a bit of stuff that I know that I can get done that needs to be done. And he says, yeah, no problem. As long as you've got enough to fill out, you know, at least minimum 10 hours so I can grant you your, you know, your load and unload targets and your mileage, because, you know, if we do office work, you know, because we get paid an hourly, we don't get overtime, but how it's situated is, is we also get paid uh, a certain, you know, we get paid 42 cents a mile and we get paid a certain dollar amount for every load that we load and every load that we unload. So if we're doing work that's not on the truck and we at least put in 10 hours, it's company policy that they grant us our targets. So we're not missing out on that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So anyway, so among the tasks that I had to do, um, that was assigned to me, you know, there was, um, things that I ended up doing, like creating a sign off sheet for drivers to acknowledge the contents of the new spill kits that we're putting on our trucks, uh, you know, in the event of a spill. And, you know, I, I promptly completed this task and even shared it on, uh, our group me app to ensure that drivers were aware of the procedure when they come into the office to make sure you review the contents of the spill kit. And then you sign off on the sheet that I created. Now, however, when I did that, now, first off, let me just say this. This has never been a problem when I've ever had to do special projects in the office because me and one other driver out of 20 drivers are typically the ones that do the majority of the off the truck work. And, but when I sent this picture on the group me with that little message, some drivers, about five or six of them, expressed some very extreme frustration with my boss. Um, saying, well, you know, these extra days were limited and we're taken off and Jason's working in the middle of a week on office work. And, you know, he gets his, he gets his, uh, quotas, you know, uh, granted to him. How come he's allowed to work in the office and yada, 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 yada. Right. It's basically just baby stuff. So here's the thing. The truth is, is, you know, the opportunity to take on extra work beyond driving is available to everyone. Like nobody's exempt from it. The difference lies in how individuals perceive and seize these opportunities. Now, Jason, why are you telling me this story? This sounds like a stupid story already. Hang with me because I'm making a point. So my one coworker and I actively, you know, like I said, we seek out and embrace these challenges and we recognize opportunity when they come up and, you know, we take on the extra responsibilities and me particularly, I'm the one that usually updates all of our map books and all of our trucks, all 10 trucks. I'm the one that does all the changes. I'm the one that adds them in there. Nobody knows where to find the map books. I could show these drivers and they'll forget over and over and over and over again. So I made a master map book that has laminated sheets so nobody can steal them. And I do these things like reorganize the shed, like completely empty it out. And if you saw our shed, you would understand that it is no one hour task. And I do these things, right? Like these are the extra things that I do. So in essence, you know, <clears throat> again, like I said, nobody's exempt from seizing these opportunities. It's just me and one other driver that does. It's a matter of who is willing to step up and take them. Who's willing to step up and take those those extra duties. See, I've often found myself volunteering for extra projects because again, I see them as chances to enhance our operations and contribute positively to the team's success. And more importantly, do the things that most drivers don't want to do. You ask a driver to mop the office, they're not going to do it. A couple of them will outside of me and the other guy that does a lot of the offhanded stuff. 
But the reason I'm sharing this story is to highlight a crucial lesson ingrained within it. See, in our society, especially within some of our circles, there seems to be a very prevalent tendency to focus solely on problems, to complain endlessly about challenges that we face and to adopt a negative outlook on life. But instead of, you know, you know, instead of being proactive and seeking solutions, many people seemingly just choose to dwell on their grievances, adopting a poor me mentality. It's like, you know what? Go grab a tissue, go to the corner and go cry about it because I don't have any time for you, Nancy. I'm sorry. We don't have any time for it. Now, it seems like when it comes to fulfilling our civic duties, such as serving on grand juries or participating in self-governance as assembly members, you know, it's, a, it, it's essential to step up and actively contribute. You know, merely signing up on a JCO and putting your name on some documents isn't, you know, being active. You have to actively engage and be willing to participate in the finding of facts on a grand jury or participate in a petite jury and, you know, things like that. See, every man and woman possesses unique talents and abilities. I, I firmly believe that. And while some may have more responsibilities and require more time and energy, the key is whether we are contributing to the cause in some capacity. And unfortunately, there are people like some of these drivers that I'm talking to you about who prefer to focus solely on problems without actively seeking solutions or to ask the boss, hey, can I do some of these special projects to maybe work an extra day in the middle of the week so I don't have to work a Saturday? No, they just want to complain about all these issues without taking any steps to address them. Again, perpetrating a scarcity mindset rather than embracing an abundance mindset. I mean, ultimately, our mindset and our relationships with faith play, obviously, significant roles in determining we live abundantly or in scarcity. And by actively participating in our own rescue and approach, approaching challenges with a positive mindset, you know, we can live more fulfilling and abundant lives. What's the lesson to be learned here? Well, the lesson is, is that challenges are often disguised as opportunities. That's number one. And by embracing a positive attitude and pushing our boundaries, we can discover creative solutions and experience personal growth at the same time. It's essential to comfort or confront challenges with optimism and a different mindset, believing in our capability to achieve more than we initially think and to seek out more than we thought was actually there. You know, it just cracks me up because these drivers, you know, again, these same drivers, they complain that there's no work, but yet, you know, he, he, like I'll give you for another, for example, instance, these same drivers that complain that there's no work and, and not enough hours to fill out a 12 hour shift. They're like, Oh, I got nine hours of work. Okay. I get it. You're not getting as many miles and load and unloads as you expect, but Hey, it's January and February. These are the typically the two slowest months out of the year. Anybody who's been in trucking for a significant amount of time, you know, that this is going to be, you know, that this happens. But luckily, the place that we work, they have a policy. If you preload your night driver, meaning you got three hours left on your shift, go load the truck. Then you bring it back. And guess what? The policy is you have to stay with that load until your night driver comes in. So there you go. You can fill out your day. There's your 12 hours. And you've got an extra load that you get paid on. But see, these drivers that nag and complain, 
are so quick to go home right when they punch out. So it's like, I don't even want to hear it. You know, these are the same types of people that we see, you know, that are our neighbors or some of our friends or somebody in our family. You know, they complain about the state of affairs in our country, but yet they don't want to hear anything about the assembly. They don't want to hear anything about what the de jure government is and, and, and get, returning back to self-governance and original jurisdiction. Nobody wants to hear about that. They just want to keep complaining. They don't want to be part of the solution, but complain, they will. It's amazing how the human condition is. It really is. Anyway, let's move on to uh, the reading. Isaiah 61, excuse me, Isaiah 61, verses 8 through 11. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense. An everlasting covenant I will make with them. Their descendants shall be renowned among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I rejoice heartily in the Lord. In my God is the joy of my soul. For he has clothed me with a robe of salvation and wrapped me in a mantle of justice, like a bridegroom adorned with a diadem, like a bride bedecked with her jewels. As the earth brings forth its plants and a garden makes its growth spring up, so will the Lord God make justice and praise spring up before all the nations. Now, I like that verse because. It's a timeless verse that echoes and reminds us of something very profound. And that's God. God's all about justice and doing what's right. The prophet's words aren't just ancient poetry. They are, they are a reminder of how God sticks to his promises, right? Rewarding those who stick with him through thick and thin. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. We live in a world where it feels like injustice is all around us. And the little guy always gets stepped on and the good guys often get drowned out in the noise. But here's the kicker. God's promise to set things right still holds strong and always will. So what's our part in all of this? Well, it's pretty simple. God is calling us to be people who stand up for what's right, who speak out against the stuff that's just plain wrong. He wants us to be his partners in creating a world where goodness shines bright and his love is felt by everyone. But it's not all about the heavy stuff. There's also a message of hope and joy tucked away in these verses as well, because there's also a reminder that living in tune with God's ways brings blessings that go way beyond money and success. It's about finding um, deep joy in knowing that God's got our backs and his presence is with us every step of the way. And for a lot of us, it's hard to see that. Because, you know, we just want God to be tangible. We want to we see him. We want to hear him audibly. But he is there every step of the way. You just have to believe and have faith and, and, and open your heart to him. He will speak to you in ways that you will never think, you know, that you would never imagine. And just like how uh, the earth brings forth plants and gardens spring up, God is will bring justice and praise to all nations. 
So again, in a world that can kind of sometimes seem and feel pretty dark, we need to be the ones who shine God's light. We need to be the one who speak up for justice and who spread his peace everywhere we go. That has to be us. We have to be the light bringer. Let's take a cue from the prophet and find joy in God's salvation, celebrating his goodness, living lives that show just how faithful he really is. Now, I hate this saying, but I'm going to say it in it anyway, but we really are all in this together, not to bring back a stupid slogan from the COVID days, but we are blessed. We are transformed by God's love. That's what I mean by that. And so I challenge all of you as well as myself. Let's get out there. Let's make a difference, ladies and gentlemen. Let's bring the light into the lives of others. Let's bring hope. Let's restore peace. That's what we need to do. Now, before I get into the initiate, the orders of we the people, I want to play something that I thought was very interesting and profound. Remember that video I played regarding the eagle and the crow? So there is a page called, I believe it's called the uh, Valorgi group or something like that, but they do videos like this. This is pretty cool. Listen to this one, and I think it's kind of fitting for what we're about to read. Listen to this. A millionaire walks into a bank in New York City and says, I need to borrow $5,000. I'm going to Europe for two weeks. The bank officer says the bank will need some kind of security for the loan. So the man hands over the keys to his Ferrari and says, the car is parked on the street in front of the bank. The bank agrees to accept the car's security for the loan. Then the man working at the bank gives the millionaire a few papers and says, you have to sign here, here, and here. After they are done, he gives him $5,000 and the man walks away. The bank's president and its officers all enjoy a good laugh at the man who used a $500,000 car against a $5,000 loan. An employee of the bank then drives the car into the bank's underground garage and parks it there. Two weeks later, the millionaire returns and repays the $5,000 and the interest, which comes to $16.93. The loan officer says, we are very happy to have had your business. This transaction has worked out very nicely, but we are a little surprised. Why would you bother to borrow $5,000 since you drive this type of car? The man responds, Where else in New York City can I park my car for two weeks for only $16.93? <laughs> if you're not following the Oh, that is freaking great. Where else in New York City can I park my car for two weeks for $16? And 93 cents a day. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, is what you call sticking it to the bank. All right. Who sticks it to, you know, always sticks it to us. I love that. I thought that was great. Uh, so anyway, so initiate the orders of we the people. Now this was, um, I'd found this on nasaranews.blogspot.com and I never read this document, but it was released back in 2013. Now, before I read it, there are seven, I believe it's seven orders that I'm reading here. Now, they're not quite the requisitions, but they mirror the at least the first seven, I want to say. 
but they're not the exact requisitions, the 21 requisitions that were issued to the military. So just so I clarify, but I felt like when I found this, I, I, I thought that this would be worth the read. So this was, again, dropped by the interim president on May 12th of 2013. This was a, a initiate the orders of we the people. So I'm going to read this just because I just think it's interesting and it might uh, be relevant to what we may be seeing here in the future. But here's what it says. We, the people who are the civilian authority with superior lawful position over the U.S. corporation and U.S. military acting under the original jurisdiction of the United States Constitution 1789, Bill of Rights 1791, with the original 13th Amendment, which removes persons who has the entitlement for holding public office as the United States of America, Republican form of government, standing as the true form of government, is proud to announce the following effective immediately. As interim president equals commander in chief of the Republic, it is the duty of the de jure office to ensure the orders issued to the United States military secretary of the treasury provost marshal and its public servants are carried out within the proper time as required by we, the people of the United States of America. This announcement is for we, the people of the United States of America and our friends worldwide and to chief of staff of joint chiefs, Field Generals, Admirals, Office of General Counsel for Pentagon, Secretary of the Navy, Trustees of the Constitution, and Office of the Inspector General, Provost Marshal, Flag Officers, and Secretary of the People's Treasury. This announcement and order is to the Secretary of the People's Treasury, Mr. Jack Lew. Now remember, this is back in 2013. The flag officers assigned to the Secretary of the Treasury, Mr. Jack Lew, and the Provost Marshal. You are hereby ordered to use any force, including extreme prejudice, toward any and all public officers, including any and all people in the United in the U.S. corporation, equals internal governmental departments, equals agencies, individual corporations, organizations, and any other entity, equals sentient beings, whom are delaying, equals derailing, equals holding up, equals stopping any other delaying manipulation tactic on the execution of the following announcements and orders. Number one, the flag officers assigned to the Secretary of the People's Treasury, Mr. Jack Lew, and Provost Marshals ordered to com commandeer all mainstream television and radio broadcasting companies and start the announcements that have been pre-recorded to inform the nation that A, the Republic being reset, shutdown of the U.S. corporation founded in 1871, B, the shutdown of the Federal Reserve, 99-year contract ended. All debt caused from the U.S. corporation and or Federal Reserve is not the responsibility of the we, the people of the United States of America. The collector of this debt shall look to and upon the U.S. corporation and its CEO slash presidents, their staff, including legislative and judicial holders, plus the executive of the Federal Reserve to repay all debt from their wealth, which they stole from we, the people. Furthermore, the U.S. Corporation, past and present president, vice president, staff, legislative, and judicial are classified as corporate contractors or actors who do not have the lawful standing for the positions they currently occupy. Therefore, they are trespassing upon we the people's rights and liberties and are subject to the constitutional law for fraud, treason, misrepresentation, embezzlement of our currency, unlawful taxation, and more. All damages shall be paid to we the people by seizing their assets and freezing their funds onshore and offshore bank account, safe deposit box, precious metal stashes, any storage, and depositing all recovered items back to the people's treasury. The shutdown of the IRS taxation was repealed by Congress in 1939 and has been in operation fraudulently, and while working for foreign agents, it has fraudulently told the American people that it is a department that... that 
the American people that is a department of the Treasury. To immensely begin broadcasting the educational equals truth of the nation's true history, the Secretary of the People's Treasury, Mr. Jack Lewis, is established and operating under the Republican form of government as the true Treasury. The Secretary of the People's Treasury, Mr. Jack Lew, will conduct a forensic audit of the IRS, freeze all assets, shut down all IRS operations, and return all stolen funds to we the people of the United States of America by depositing the returned funds in the People's United States Treasury. All bankruptcies of the United States to date are terminated. All debt tied to Social Security numbers shall be set to zero. Due to corrupt and unlawful banking practices and corrupt and unlawful government activities, all injured parties shall be notified immediately following these actions and public announcements on all major media outlets shall commence immediately. Remove equals terminate all unlawful taxation on all privately held property equals land equals labor. Remove equal terminate all private personal income tax and private business taxation. The return of all government agencies, CAFR, equals off-book uh, off accounts and all court CRS accounts, CRIS, CRIS accounts, fund to People's United States Tre Treasury. And by the way, CAFR equals the Consolidated Annual Financial Report, and CRIS, it's an acronym, stands for Court Registry Investment System. Restore financial privacy to all private sentient beings. Introduce the United States Treasury currency, UST, backed by gold and other precious metals, replacing the Federal Reserve note effective immediately. Release 1.5, excuse me, release the $1.5 trillion of the Wanta Reagan Mitterrand protocols into the United States Treasury for we, the people. Announced the largest banks in the United States of America are now Basel III banking regulation compliant, along with several hundred mid-sized banking institutions. Basel III is a comprehensive set of reform measures designed to improve the regulation, supervision, and risk management within the banking sector. Basel III is largely in response to the credit crisis. Banks are required to maintain proper leverage ratios and meet certain capital requirements protecting the end customer. Number four, excuse me, I didn't list off number two and three. I mean, I read them, but um, I didn't say the numbers. But number four, the fines and penalties, foreign currency revaluation, prosperity packages, the global settlements program, prosperity packages, Native American claims, humanitarian funds are to be paid out simultaneously, effective immediately. Number five. The Secretary of the People's Treasury, Mr. Jack Lew, will oversee the delivery Sunday 12, May 3, 2013, to all recipients of all of the farm claims equal fines and penalties equals farm claims class action lawsuit settlement equals bank claims equals resolution trust proceeds to the people. Section A of number five, the farm claim shall be moved to the Royal Bank of Canada for complete delivery equals disbursement effective immediately. Section B, the farm claims lawsuit shall be unsealed and made part of the public record with equals by publication posting on the internet, which is freely accessible to the public at large and equals or full disclosure to all claim participants. The executive order that has kept this information hidden was done with the intent to defraud the people and has delayed the execution and delivery of the settlement. Letter C, 
These claims shall be delivered using any of the following methods of delivery or all of them together. National Guard, county sheriffs, bonded couriers, registered mail, and the organized and unorganized state militias. There shall be no taxation, no fees, no NDAs, no hidden equals misleading language, no terms or conditions or form that create a contract causing loss of value through bank fraud equals manipulation against the private citizens. Number six, the Secretary of the People's Treasury, Mr. Jack Lew, shall conduct the release of the foreign currency exchange to all Tier 3 foreign currency holders known as the U.S. Treasury hold on the participating bank Sunday 12 of May 2013 and to communicate on all mainstream media channels that the global reset has occurred every hour for the next 72 hours. All banks are to make the hours of operation from 7 a.m. to 12 a.m. midnight daily for the next 90 days. All tier three foreign currency holders shall be given VIP equals group rates with no taxation, no fees, no NDAs, no hidden equals misleading language, no terms or conditions or forms that create a contract causing loss of value through bank fraud equals manipulation against the private citizens when they exchange their currency. And number seven, the Secretary of the People's Treasury, Mr. Jack Lew, will release the Global Settlement Program, Prosperity Packages, and Native American Claims, and all other programs and claims of a similar nature on 12 May 2013. It is ordered, sentenced, and decreed by the political will of the people. And then, of course, there's the place where they would date, autograph, Appalachian, so on and so forth. And it says right here, reference, contempt of the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, circa 1776 and 2012, and orders number 1 through 10. Now, there is a part two of We the People Initiate the Orders, which was released Thursday, March 14th of 2013. I'm going to read that real quick, too. So it says, We the People, and as interim president, 13 March 2013, initiate the orders of We the People. As interim president equals commander-in-chief in the Republican form of government, it is the duty of the de jure office to ensure the orders issued to the United States military are carried out within the proper time as required by we the people of the United States of America. To chief of staff of joint chiefs, joint chiefs, field generals, admirals, office, general counsel for Pentagon, general chairman, secretary of the Navy, trustees of the Constitution, and office of the inspector general. It has been observed, observed by the we the people that those who have enlisted themselves into the service of we the people have been shirking their duties, duty by failure to comply with orders from the Republic interim president. This order is the final order before change it, charges of contempt of the Constitution are lodged against all officers of the high command. All U.S. corporate private contractors equals actors, also known as congressmen, defined as senators and representatives, appointed staff president, president cabinet, staff and advisors, vice president, vice president, staff and advisors, all secretaries of various departments, all heads of federal agencies and supervisors, departments of justice, all judges and staff, all of Homeland Security personnel and it is affiliated agencies personnel are hereby fired as of 1745, that would be 545, 1745 military time, Eastern, 13th March, 2013. The inspector general is to order the secretary of the treasury to freeze all payments to all above listed positions and personnel occupying those positions effective of 1745 Eastern time, 13th of March, 2013. U.S. military is ordered to seat the interim president in the White House effective immediately as of 1746 EST, 13th March, 2013. Reference, contempt of the constitution. Now this was posted by John McAfee. Um, before he passed away, of course. Um, 
So this is really interesting because when I read this second part here, so obviously, you know, those bullet points one through seven is obviously talking about getting back to constitutional money, right? Sound money backed by precious metals, right? That, that comes from our treasury department, not, not a uh, federal reserve corporate entity, which is a business owned by the cabal. And it talks about the stipulations of how to communicate, what needs to be communicated. You need to commandeer all, you know, media outlets for the next 72 hours. You need to let the people know what's going on. A global reset's happening. But that didn't happen back in 2013, did it? No, it did not. And then that's when the second orders the the part two came out basically saying that's it you guys are now fired because you did not listen and comply which of course you know obama was in office so do you really think they were going to comply they're all criminals but i think this is amazing because when it says right here in the second letter here all U.S. corporate private contractors, actors also known as congressmen, defined as senators, representatives, appointed staff, president, president, cabinet staff, and advisors, vice president, so on and so forth, right? All secretaries of various departments, all heads of federal agencies, supervisors, da 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 and affiliate agencies are hereby fired as of March 13, 2013. What else happened March to, uh, March, on March 13th of 2020? That's when... That's when COVID became a big deal. That's when a lockdown has officially started happening and a toilet paper frenzy started happening. The Ides of March. Who knows what's going to happen this coming March? But we are in a presidential election for the de facto. Trump has always said this is the final battle. I guess we shall see what that means. But... If you listen to Derek Johnson, I can't remember exactly specifically how many people he has said has gotten arrested as far as military generals. I'm looking on his Rattletrap page right now. I can't find anything quite quick enough here. But if I recall, I believe he said over like something to the effect of like 175 or 200 generals or basically high, you know, high, People who hold high titles in the military have been removed from their position. They have been relieved of service. They've been relieved of their duty. See, this has been going on for quite some time. The corporation wasn't taking the people in general general assembly serious enough because in 2013, this has now been going, you know, this was, you know, things started kind of going, getting popped off right around what 2010, 2011, right around there. So this has been going on for about two, three years. So the corporation by and large was not really cooperating. And they probably didn't think we were going to put our money where our mouth is. And yes, over the last 10 years, 11 years since that initiate the orders was released in March 2013, March 13th, 
a lot has happened in those 11 years coming up this March 13th. A lot has happened. And if you've been paying attention and you've had your eyes open and your ears cleaned out, it should be pretty obvious that things are going in the direction of we the people. Now, that's not to say that they haven't been bucking and kicking and and screaming and causing a ruckus. They're not going to go willingly. But it's pretty obvious that these operations have ramped up since then. Folks, if you are new to this, it's going to be challenging to catch you up. But what there is that you can start with, there is a education, a three-part series educational call that happens on three separate uh, you know, weeks. I believe Georgia allows out-of-state people. If you're not from Georgia, I believe they allow you out-of-state uh, people who are in the assemblies of different states to participate in their educational calls. There might be another state or two. I think California does one, um, maybe Illinois. I can't remember, but I know there's a couple states that do educational calls that kind of bring you up to speed what the General General Assembly is, gives you the history, what happened back then, where we're at now, and where we have to go going forward. If you want to kind of tap into that, you can email Destry at contentmanager.com the number one at yahoo.com. That's content manager, the number one at yahoo.com. And you can, again, his name is Destry and he will point you to the direction for that. But a lot has happened since then, ladies and gentlemen, and a lot more is going to happen. A lot more is going to happen. As I continue to continuously have said before in the past, make sure your your food prep is up. Make sure you have cash on hand. Precious metals, silver particularly. I'm not saying prep like we're going into nuclear fallout, but you want to have provisions on hand. God forbid, you know, we have a, a an internet outage, which would, you know, incapacitate debit card and credit card uh, transactional machines at the grocery store. You know, Um, look, it's happened here in my grocery store right up the road over the last year. We've had, I don't know, four or five occasions that I can think of now that, uh, that I can remember where announcements were made that their credit card, debit card machine readers or whatever, their system went down and all they, they were able to do was accept cash for a significant period of time. And then they would come back up. Now, I don't know what the heck the reasoning is, why all that would occur four or five different times. I had never seen that in all my life of using a debit card, going grocery shopping. This is the first time uh, in my adult life of ever seeing some, you know, such a, an anomaly. Something is obviously going on. So I'm just here to just caution you. Just make some basic preparations. Have some extra bottles of water, you know, cases of water. Maybe buy a case of toilet paper and paper towel from Sam's Club or Costco or wherever you get it from. Just to have it. You just never know. Have batteries on hand. Have gasoline on hand if you have a generator. I don't know what we're going to need. But better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it is what I like to live by. 
There's a lot going on, ladies and gentlemen, without a doubt. And when I saw the initiate the orders, I, for some reason, God spoke to me and was like, you need to read this because I had never read, you know, read it before in the last two years of having this show on the air. And when I read it, I was like, wow, I'm like, this might be kind of significant possibly. So anyway. But that's really about it, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing too educational, but more informative, if anything. I believe on Thursday, I think what I might do is go over the Articles of Confederation. It was brought to my attention by Destry. I asked him, I said, is there anything that you can think of that I did not cover? Because I went over, you know, the Declaration of Independence, the original one, and then obviously the one from 2012. I've gone over the... Uh, the Magna Carta and the U.S. Constitution, the Fundamental Orders of 1638, and, you know, so on and so forth. He's like, I never heard you do the Articles of Confederation. I'm like, oh, you know, you're absolutely right. That will probably be on the agenda then this week. So that's probably what we are going to do on Thursday. So, but with that said, let's conclude this with a prayer. Heavenly Father, on this beautiful day, we come before you with hearts full of gratitude for the countless blessings that you bestow upon us each moment. We acknowledge your unwavering presence in our lives and recognizing the abundance of your grace. In this sacred moment of prayer, we are mindful of those among us who are grappling with those trials and tribulations in their own lives. We ask that you, we ask for your comforting embrace to, you know, to, to, to wrap around them, bring them peace in the middle of their struggles. And we ask that you grant them the resilience to navigate uh, through their challenging times with unwavering faith in your divine plan. As we stand at the threshold of this new year, the second month of this new year, a year of great significance, in my opinion, uh, we humbly seek your guidance and wisdom. We, as we press forward on our journey of rebuilding our republic and restructuring our states, reassembling our states to uphold the principles upon which it was founded, may your guiding light illuminate our path, leading us towards a future rooted in justice, equality, and unity. And in the middle of all this uncertainty, we find strength in your presence, knowing that you hold the blueprint of our lives in your hands. And we ask that you inspire us to Embrace our unique callings with courage and conviction and awaken us with the fervor to answer the noble purpose that you have ordained for us. Father, we also ask that you extend, you know, we extend our um, heartfelt gratitude for the gift of life and good health, not only for ourselves, but also our cherished family and friends. Each day is a precious opportunity that's bestowed upon us, and we pledge to seize it with gratitude and reverence. We pray all this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. And remember, here at His Hard Line, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy will not cross this line anymore because it is men and women like you and I who hold this line firm. And to make sure that no one veers off over that line accidentally. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless, and we'll see you back here later. To find more shows like this, you can visit hishardline.com. And to learn more about your involvement with your local General Journal Assembly, you can visit national-assembly.net.
His Hardline Podcast. His Hardline Podcast. exercise caution regarding any organization purporting to be an assembly and claiming similar objectives such as the American States Assembly, National Liberty Alliance, Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA, Tactical Civics, or any entity diverging from the officially recognized Michigan model acknowledged by seven countries and the United States military. Furthermore, it's important to clarify that we do not endorse or recognize status corrections. (laughs) 